Yo, what's up everyone? My name is Drew Joyner. Some of you may know me as Drew What I Do on YouTube, and I am the host of season two of the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others, where each week I invite a brand new guest on the show within the realm of fashion, culture, and or art to talk about their life and their experiences. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come listen to this podcast. It means a ton to me. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everybody? Hopefully you guys are enjoying season two of the Beyond the Garment podcast. If this is your first time listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you're a returning listener, I also want to say thank you for tuning in. I put a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> go into making these episodes. But but in all seriousness, I do enjoy this podcast and creating these interviews and creating this content for you guys. Let's get into the pre-intro for today's podcast. and Let me talk a little bit about today's guest. Today's guest is based in the UK. His name is Shea Rude and his brand is Shea Rude. The brand focuses on luxury British streetwear, kind of in the likes of what Cole Buxton or Represent does. A really fantastic guy that I had a chance to connect with through Instagram, as I typically do in this digital age. I connect with a lot of these individuals through Instagram. And if anyone who's listening right now wants to connect with me through Instagram, my DMs are always open. I always say they're open. But let's get back to Shea. So like I said, he focuses on luxury British streetwear, and he has a very, very promising line right now. That's his namesake. He's come out with a series of products that have been pretty successful over the last few years. And then when COVID hit, his story kind of changed. He had to reset the brand a little bit, and he's kind of revamping it Excuse me, for a new kind of product launch coming up in the next few weeks, months, etc., This episode reminds me of how powerful globalization is and how interconnected the world is, especially the world of fashion and social media. Shay and I had a wonderful conversation listening to his story, getting his perspectives, living in the UK. is always really interesting as someone who's an American. You know, things that happen across the pond, it's hard to necessarily understand, you know, life outside of your country at times because... Um, you all you know is your country and I think getting this perspective is really interesting for anybody who's never been to the UK anyone who's interested in UK fashion anyone who's interested in streetwear and luxury brands and brand building those are the kind of core focuses of the podcast always so if you guys do enjoy the episode I always want to give the reminder to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. and without further ado let's get into the live intro let's get into it Streetwear has blossomed into an almost $200 billion industry over the years and sees no signs of stopping. Today, we have the founder of luxury British streetwear brand, Shea Rude. Now, not to confuse anyone, the guest's name is Shea Rude, and Shea uses his namesake for the brand as well, something that I had to clarify with him. So, I'm speaking to Shea Rude about his namesake brand, Shea Rude. Does that make sense to everybody? All right, cool. <laughs> Shay, talk to me, man. How are you doing today? Good, man. Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Glad to be here. How about you? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This this week is pretty crazy for me, um, to be honest. I have a lot of things going on, but I'm really blessed to have, I feel really blessed to have you on the podcast, man, because um, for those who don't know, Shay and I have kind of collaborated, worked together. Um, he was kind enough to, you know, offer his gesture of sending me a garment out to review for youtube um and i don't often do that because i'm oftentimes bombarded by brands that are just i'm not really gonna i don't i'm not you know i don't i don't want to work with them essentially it's not my style or it doesn't really fit with my aesthetic but i think uh what sherud is doing is is really really cool stuff so excited to have you on bro no i'm excited to be here bro i'm um yeah i'm a big fan of like well like you said, your channel. I've been following that for quite a while. I like what you do with the podcast too. So yeah, it feels good to be here. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get into the intro of who you are. You know, what is your background? Where are you from? And how is it like for you growing up as a kid? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so yeah, my name's uh, Che Rude. Um, as you said, the same as the brand. Um, 
And for me, yeah, I'm I'm a UK-based uh, fashion designer, I guess. Um, I didn't actually grow up in the UK, though, to be fair. Mm. I grew up in, um, I lived in Spain when I was young. Oh, wow. So, yeah, man, that's cool. So I spent um, my childhood out there. And then I didn't actually move back here until I was like 10, mm. um, where, which is, I've been ever since. And um, yeah, technically I'm British, but I grew up in Spain. In Spain. So you, do you know Spanish? I did, to be fair. I used to speak it fluently. Oh, wow. um, yeah, because I think I was like one or two when we moved out there. Um, and I went straight to Spanish school. So I actually... I knew Spanish before I did English. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a big issue in the family because none of my family could speak it properly. <laughs> um, so then that all got a bit confusing. So I ended up going to a British school out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. When we moved back to the UK, I just never, I never carried it on at school or anything like that, which is a shame because now I've pretty much lost all of what I could remember. Right. And when it comes to the language, you have to... It's like a muscle you continuously have to to work over and over exactly and over. That. Exactly. It's again, when I'm actually dealing with people who are Spanish, I can I understand, but just like if someone to say now, I'll say this, do this, I wouldn't have a clue. Right, right, but, right. Yeah, man. Yeah, one of my goals, one of my I have a couple of like lifelong goals, Shay. And one of them for me is to be fluent and learn French. Um, my my girlfriend speaks it fluently because um, her family has that kind of background, and so okay. really, really, uh, I, I love talking about language at times because it's very interesting. Like different people know different languages sometimes. It's such a good skill to have, I think. Like especially English people, we're so arrogant just to think that <laughs> everyone just understands English. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, it's sort of just expected if you go to like Germany or France or Spain, anywhere, people just expect people to know English. But yeah, if you can learn a language or something like that, or you've got like a few different languages in you, it's such a cool flex, man. Yeah, like that's yeah, one man. I really regret not doing, just keeping up languages. But maybe one day I'll learn it again. For sure. Let's dive into a little bit your childhood, you know, growing up in, in the UK, bro. Um, talk to me a little bit about what kind of things you did as a kid. How was it like for you in high school? Um, things things of that nature, you know? Yeah. So when um, I come back to the UK, so I was like 10 then. Um, that's when we start. Uh, I think you guys call it like senior school. Um, but that's the older school for us. Um I went to like kind of a different school. Um, So whereas a lot of people, it's just like Monday to Friday, um, English, maths, da-da-da. My school was Monday to Wednesday, Mm. English and maths. And then Thursday, Friday, we did like singing, dancing, acting. It was a performing arts school because I wanted to be an actor. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was really cool, to be honest. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, So that my childhood was pretty like that was up in London. So from like quite a young age, you have to be pretty, um, what do you call it? You have to be pretty grown up and Mm. able to just take care of yourself because not a lot of people actually lived in London because it's so expensive. So going from every day. um, Yeah, that was really cool. I loved that. That was until I was like 16. Wow. And tell me, tell me that had to have an impact on, like how do you see how that impacts you today man because uh any type of like performing arts visual arts like does, do yeah. you think it has an impact on you right now how how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 22 so how, do you think that has an impact on you right now as a 22 year old i would say i what i was talking to someone about this the other day my other friend who went to this school mm-hmm. um so like with i'm not in uh, like singing and acting that's not really my interest anymore right but one thing that we said that we got from that school, which I feel like you just don't get elsewhere, was like confidence. Mm. And you're taught that from a young kid too. Like, um, for instance, I'm not a very good singer. <laughs> but when you're at that school, there's not a lot of kids there either. It's like a 250 people max. But you'll be made to like stand up and sing in front of the whole school at any given point. And they'll just make you do things like that. And it just, it it puts you out your comfort zone quite a lot. And you used to get opportunities to go and audition for films and adverts. And mm. majority of the time, you wouldn't end up getting it. So you learn to deal with failure 
and you get taught confidence from a young age, which is something that I don't think a lot of people learn. And that's what quite a few people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, so for sure, I'd say that def- that's had a massive positive impact on me um, as I'm getting older. Like I start to see it now, um, for sure. Totally. 22 is still pretty young, man. I didn't know you were 22. That's, that's very young. That's, How old are you? I'm 23, so I'm not. I'm acting like I'm oh, an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, still, like, as a young man, um, yeah. it's it's interesting to look back. Like, I think as a 23, 22-year-old is when you kind of start to begin to think about your childhood. You start to think about your upbringing because you're no longer in that adolescence yeah. phase. You know, I think yeah. about it all the time now. It's kind yeah, of crazy. Sure, um, <laughs> it's funny you said that. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, very, very cool. So confidence is something that you definitely gained in the ability to um, perform or, or believe in yourself on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> it seems exactly, like. exactly that. Yeah, sort of like just having to have that belief in yourself. And even when you know you're not that great at something, you're just like, right, well, I've got to do it. So. Yeah. Let's just get on with it. Yeah, totally, totally. Talk to me about the progression into what kind of your focus is now, which is the brand and, and fashion. Yeah, so um, so from that school, um, I then left there and decided that I didn't want to do singing or anything like that. I actually wanted to get into graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I found this college that specialized in it, and I went there. And I just realized that I hated that. I just really didn't enjoy it. Um, so I was only at college for like three months before I dropped out mm-hmm. because I was just like, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was like, this just isn't what I want to be doing. Uh, so I dropped out of there and I started um, Yeezys and all of that had only really just come about at the time. Not just come about because obviously there's been the Nike ones, but the Adidas Yeezys and stuff like that had also just kind of started getting big this is like 2015 2016 mm-hmm. and um a few of my friends at the time were like ah oh, there's these trainer releases in london they're going for crazy money come up and try and get some with us so i did so i got into like the whole reselling industry wow yeah um, like buying and selling trainers and exclusive clothing and stuff like that and that's when really i was just like wow i love this industry yeah it's such a cool but, industry sorry i don't mean to cut you off continue my bad oh no no no, no. oh bro, that's that opened my eyes to like the size of the industry mm-hmm. and just like the demand for certain products obviously i know kanye west is and like michael jordan they're very very uh, like far in between from actually getting that yeah. but it shows you the sort of power what like people can have over product and um yeah just seeing that every single week and buy and earning good money off it like paying a hundred pounds for the trainers and then selling them for 600 i loved it i thought it was so fun um and then what i was doing with the profits that i was making from that i was in turn just like buying myself designer goods because i i really liked all things like givenchy louis vuitton balenciaga Mm -hmm. i loved that whole like designer image when i was younger um so that's where like my initial love came from it um and then as i was sort of getting a little bit older i was like these things just cost so much money Mm. like a two thousand pound for a givenchy jacket or something like that i was like it's just crazy or 300 pound for a t-shirt and then i sort of just started researching one day like what goes into these brands why they are what they are um finding out about factories and really what makes luxury luxury right um and then, yeah, I just started delving more into the world of fashion. And I was just like, I want to make my own thing, really. Yeah, I love it. So it started with kind of this um, progression from sneakers, reselling, yeah. and then it kind of exactly. snowballed, right? And I, I think that I think a lot of people have that kind of same type of story where sneakers at least for me i know for me sneakers has been kind of like the entry point it opens the door right like a gateway drug (laughs) you get the sneaker culture is unlike anything i've ever seen it really is like the culture on it's something that i will always love and always be a consumer of i just love everything about it like it just fascinates me um so yeah that's definitely that was a huge entry point for me. Yeah. And then, as you said, it just snowballs from there because then you've got all different avenues of creativeness. 
Totally, totally. One of the, I'm gonna sidetrack for one second, Shay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is just me because I think. Are you the first guest from the UK? I think you might be on the show. Um, And one of the things that is really like, I used to like, (laughs) I used to really like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like I used to always be interested in is how in the UK, like the term sneaker is trainer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the differences in the US to the UK with terms and stuff like that is crazy. It's crazy. No one says sneakers over here. Exactly. No one. Like, if you go go out to London, you're like, oh, yeah, I just got this new pair of sneakers. People look at you like, what? (laughs) It's just always trainers. Like, that's it. It is. It's It's always about the trainers, baby. It's funny you said that as well, because um, when I went to LA for the first time, again, I think this was like 2015 or 2016, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I am... I got talking to one of the the guys who worked. I think I went in like um, Cool Kicks or something like that. I can't, it was one of the stores on Melrose. Right. And I was talking to a guy. I was like, oh, yeah, the trainer industry is so big in the UK. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the trainer industry. And he started laughing. He's like, what did you just call him? I was like, what, bro? It's like football and um, soccer. Like, it, yeah, exactly. it, there's such a difference in the terms. But yeah, man. Yeah. It's fun for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I don't know. There's something about it that it, it just shows, like, you know, <laughs> wherever you are in the world, you know, things have different terms, and, and even exactly. though it's, it's English, like, it's all English. I understand what you're saying. It's all English. It's just different interpretations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny for sure. A fun digression right there. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Shea Rood, man. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. How, how do you say it? Bro, honestly, it's actually pronounced, like, Che. Che. Like, C-H-A-Y, che. but... I I get Shay. I honestly I'm so immune to like hearing it pronounced differently now. I'm just sort of like whatever you want to call it is just easiest. But yeah, che it's technically Che. That's it. Cool. Let's talk about Che Ru for a second, man. Apologies for the mispronunciations earlier. Oh bro, it's honestly um, it's minor. Talk to me a little bit about kind of how the brand started, right? Like you doing research you know, you yeah. learned about how, you know, luxury fashion is kind of developed and you mm-hmm. decided to create your own version of it. What, what do you do next? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so again, I've got quite a short attention span, something like I either love it or I don't. Um, and I loved the reselling and all of that, but I knew it wasn't what I really, really loved. Like I didn't want to be doing it constantly and I could see that it was starting to slow um so then one day yeah i was a miss doing like all the research and whatnot i just started drawing on paper just ideas and certain shapes silhouettes and how i'd like a t-shirt to look or a hoodie to look um and i just kept doing that day by day it was such like a it wasn't like one day i was like i'm gonna do a clothing brand mm-hmm. it was just like over the period of like a year from research to designing I all of a sudden had like two folders worth of stuff. I was like, whoa, I should do something for this. It was such like a gradual progression. As I said, it wasn't just like, I want to make a clothing brand. It was just a day by day. I kept like building, building, building on this portfolio. And then, yeah, all of a sudden I had this like full collection and all this information on suppliers and how clothes are made and da, 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 da. I was like, well, it looks like I am. I want to get into making a brand. Totally, totally. And it's for some people like it's it's tough for them to think about like, well, how did you conceptualize these things? How did you actually draw them? How did like like for you yeah. like the mentality part of it? Like, exactly. what what kind of flipped the switch from you saying you know obviously you're working on, towards something obviously with the sketches and whatnot, but like. What flipped that switch to the point where you're like, okay, I'm ready. Um, let's get in touch with said manufacturer, said supplier, said factories, and let's actually get yeah. this first collection going. Um, that's a good question. I was sort of, without it sounding deep, I was looking where I was at at that position in life, and I was like, right, I've, I'm doing this. Like, it's all good. Like, I'm earning decent money, but I don't love it. And then. I looked at what I had with 
the clothing designs I looked at at the time I um I was a big fan of represent the brand mm-hmm. um I've been following them for years um and I loved the look of what they was doing and Jerry Lorenzo and Mike Amiri this is when again all these brands are sort of just filtering through kind of thing right and I was just like I, I just loved the whole idea and image of that scene and I'd managed to like save some money up um from the reselling and whatnot and I was just like this is what I really want to do like this is where I feel most at like it was once I looked back and realized what I'd done with the designs like how like how that just secluded me from everything Mm. like I felt so zoned out and just like in my element kind of thing when I was researching and designing clothes I was like this is like I've I didn't mean to find this Mm. like I didn't mean to find what I love this naturally Mm. and that was sort of like the light bulb moment for me when I just realized that I'd built this whole thing without even really realizing and that's when I was like, I might as well now just take that plunge because I love what this person's doing. I love what that person's doing. I feel like I could bring my own thing to the table here. Yeah, totally. And I, I've talked about this before, uh, Shay, that sometimes the things that you end up doing with so much passion, sometimes they sneak up on you. I can't remember. There's, yeah, there's a there's a quote. I can't remember. I, I'm so sorry. But um, it basically states like, you know, your, your passions – they they oftentimes sneak up on you and they um, develop and manifest themselves in ways that you just can't anticipate. And I think that's kind of a, an example of what you're 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 just painting that picture right there as an, as an example of that. So yeah, that I, I hear so many people are oh, I want to start a clothing brand, but I don't know what to do with this, or I want to do this clothing brand, but I don't know. Um, what I want to make and all of this and I was just like I never had that when I started the brand like it was just like there wasn't ever the idea of oh my god I want to be uh, a fashion designer I want to be an entrepreneur or stuff like that it was just a literally a pencil to paper idea that just developed over time and, and the contacts built and that was it it was all of a sudden like you had all the tools and it was just like you either do something with it or yeah you go and find something else to do. Yeah, totally. I think you, that's a great distinction that you just made because oftentimes people will reach out to me and they'll say, Drew, you know, I have an idea for a brand, yada, yada, yada. You know, what should I do first? How should I design this? What should I name it? And part of this (laughs) podcast is to help service someone who maybe wants a spark. Um, But at the same time, there's something really powerful about what he just said that, you know, when you have this kind of inner it's like, I don't know, it's like an inner drive, an inner spirit about you that pushes you to create, even if it's like, um, not necessarily, you know, obvious what you're going to do. Like there's still direction involved. Right. And I think that's what you're speaking exactly. to as well. Um, so. yeah, a hundred percent. It can't be forced. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely can't be forced. And I think that shows a lot in this day and age because it's always been trendy to have a clothing brand. Like it's always been the, the cool thing. Right. Um, but I think you can tell um, with the people that are like just doing it for the trend and then the people that are actually doing it, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, it was literally a case of just passion just took the wheel and that <laughs> all of a sudden it started snowballing. Totally. Let's talk a little bit about, your um items that you carry right Uh, i have your instagram up right here if you guys are listening right now uh you can just instagram search shayrood clo s-c-h-e-r-o-o-d-c-l-o to get an idea about you know the items that they carry and let's hear about the man What, what what is your kind of like what kind of items did you want to put out and, and, and the way you put them out, what, what, what kind of led to those decisions um, as projects were coming together? Um, so really what I wanted to do with that first collection, um, it was to make wardrobe staples. Um, I wanted to make just like your very basic garments, like the hoodies, crew necks, t-shirts, um, joggers, just, yeah, the wardrobe staples. And I just wanted to make, I wanted to create a product that was 
on the level of like a Balenciaga tracksuit or a Dior t-shirt. I wanted to make that quality product mm-hmm. for a fraction of the price. Um, that was the goal with that first collection. It was just to create a luxury level product, which will always be, that's, that's part of the brand now. That will always be a part of every product that's made. Yeah. But that initial goal was to make the luxury level product for a more affordable price point. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's what you guys accomplish. I know I talked to you about this before. Some of the brands that, and you kind of mentioned represent, I think um, some of the brands that I feel like Che Rude definitely embodies and, and kind of fits into a category. I think about from a design standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think about like Rude. I, th- I do think about Jerry Lorenzo represent, like you said. Um, Cole Buxton is another one that I think about as well. And these brands, man, um, the ability to kind of capture some of the, that essence that they carry, I think you've done a really well job of of really um, showcasing luxury streetwear because um, there is a there's a gamut, right? In, in fashion, there is a lot of subcategories, right? Um, and when I mentioned the stat of $200 billion earlier in this episode, it goes to show like there are just so many different groups of, of, of streetwear, right? There's streetwear where people are putting like anime designs on things. There's streetwear <laughs> where um, people are, are kind of looking more towards a vintage route. There's streetwear where um, it maybe it's has a more, um, you know, kind of uh, African-American in, uh, inspiration. And so yeah, sure. it's such a broad market. It's such a broad market. Talk to me about like this, this, um, spirit of britain i think i think uh that's what represent says uh but talk to me a little bit about like what it's like to be a a brand in the uk and um to represent kind of this entire ethos of that region of the world yeah for sure it's um again like represents it quite a lot too like there's not a lot of brands out of the uk that actually preach the fact of you know coming from britain and like the pride side of it and for sure it's i i love it that will always be a massive part of the brand the Mm -hmm. whole made in england kind of thing um being a brand in the uk to be honest i don't really see too much of what everyone else is doing because i kind of keep myself to myself Mm -hmm. um i know there's a lot of competition um and there's also a lot of cool brands um that come out of the uk obviously the on-trend ones at the minute are like Cole Buxton and represent mm-hmm. um, well, represent have been killing it now really for the last like four or five years. But I feel like people have really just caught on this last year or two of like the quality of work they can actually do. Um, same with Cole Buxton. Um, so again, when you've sort of got some market leaders like that, um, it's definitely, it makes competition a lot harder right. because people are just, again, it's all very similar product wherever you look um, from all brands, really um, not just out the UK, but that whole, the washed out garment look, the, the blanks, essentials, whatever you want to call them. It's a very in look at the minute. Right. Um, so again, the people like Cole Buxton and represent that's great for them. Anyone else trying to come through, it's sort of just like, ah, you copied him, you did this, you did that. Right, right, um, right. You get a lot of that, but for the most part, it's cool. Um, yeah, I, I love being out of the UK and having that sort of embedded in the brand's ethos for sure. Totally. I saw that you teased, um, it looks like some footwear that might be coming up. Um, yeah, right. Can you talk to us a little bit about how excited you are for the future of the brand and some things that maybe you have coming up? Yeah, so I'm so excited, to be honest. Like, the last year and a half of the brand has been such a headache because I've had so much work that I wanted to put out. Um, But COVID had a huge impact on, like, my business. Mm. Um, I'll I'll give you, like, a little bit of detail on it. Um, So one of my factories in the UK, they shut down at the beginning of the pandemic last year. Um. But I had, I was also planning a pop-up in London. So I was low on stock from 2019. 
So then going into January, I was like, right, I'm going to do a huge restock um, because I want to do a pop-up in London. Um, I want it to be, I like I had all these huge plans. Mm-hmm. I was, the brand was starting to build like some good traction. Um, so I had like, I put pretty much all of the money from the bank account in the brand into this restock with the factory. And then they just literally closed down. That was it. Stop producing. Holy cow. So, yeah, this was, I can't remember when we went into lockdown. It was February, March time last year. Yeah. So I was like, damn, like, I've got no stock. I've got no money. And I've got no manufacturer. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? And I was getting a lot of interest from the, like, from the US and all stuff like that because the whole world was shut down pretty much. Everyone was in quarantine at the same time. So I was just like, bro, what do I do? Um, so I didn't end up getting my money from the manufacturer until like September, October of last year. So I spent like the whole year nearly with no stock, with no money. I had these designs, but I couldn't do anything with it. Bro, it was just like a nine months of hell. Mm. Um, to be honest, I was just like, this is so bad. Um, so then once I finally got all of that back, I was like, right. It was pretty much like starting from scratch again. I was like, I've found a new manufacturer. I've done all of this. Like, do I want to go through the headache of bringing all of my old stuff over and just getting the restock done to say I've done it? Or do we like start fresh? So that's pretty much what I've done and what I've been working on now for like nearly the last year now. Um and yeah, um, it's like it's the best work I've done. I can't wait to put it out. Yeah. Honestly, I'm um, I'm super excited. But the footwear that's um, that's the my, that's my favorite product I've ever worked on since starting. I, and because it means a lot to me as well. Like what we said earlier, the whole sneaker culture and sneakers to me is something that I'm a like a huge consumer of, and I love being a part of it. So to actually have your own of that it's yes amazing man i can't i cannot wait yeah bro i'm i'm really excited insane so you kind of you kind of like you said starting fresh and so you have an opportunity to kind of just uh reinvigorate a little bit of life energy into the brand because of i mean you can't anticipate the pandemic happening no one no one in in their right mind can anticipate that no um exactly and so well i i have to ask you this question about the footwear like what 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 are some other silhouettes that inspired maybe this the shoe without giving away too much what what are you kind of referencing and and designing off of so as a consumer i've got really wide feet Mm -hmm. like my feet are super wide so i really really struggle with um finding shoes or trainers sneakers that are good for me um because a lot of them are either too narrow and like uh nike air forces they're too chunky so they just look huge when i wear them and dunks they're a little bit too sleek for my feet Mm -hmm. so for me i've always wanted that style of trainer i've always wanted the the dunk kind of look but i've never had one that fits good on my that looks good on my foot um like shape wise it's had the right um ratios so that was really my goal with it i wanted to make a um a dunk um again it's a timeless silhouette um it's never out of trend it's just again like the majority of pieces i make is i feel like it's a staple for people to have um so that was a huge um huge inspiration for like the actual shape and look of the um of the sneaker but yeah. in terms of like what's on the market it's i love the um the new balance 550s like the amy leon door ones that's it definitely had inspiration from that again totally jordan dunks it's had inspiration from there um the louis vuitton um i don't actually know what it's called but it was like it's sort of like it's quite in trend at the minute i think um like one of the trainers yeah, it's one of their trainers. It's um again donkey style and it's got like the nice leather cage on it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I sort of draw from all over, but the foundation is always how I would want something to be on my body perfect. Yeah, totally. That's really exciting, man. I can I cannot wait until 
the unveiling of, of some of the items you're working on. I also saw you're working on a hat, which um, simple, clean, oh, and streamlined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, that's the thing. I saw, it's so easy to um, to get carried away, especially when like the brand's smaller. Like, for example, someone like Cole Buxton, they're at, they've built up that platform now and they've got that like amazing foundation. So now they can start like, really testing the waters with some cool pieces because mm-hmm. um, and I, I feel like for me that's like the work towards thing because it's so again you could design loads of things and like you have all these ideas come and go but when starting out although you need to like make some noise and be a bit different from the rest it's very hard for like to a to grab the attention of consumers without being too out there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, like you could go and make a a fire varsity jacket, but for what that's going to cost to make and all stuff like that, for an initial consumer side of things, they'll be a bit like put off by that because they're like, oh, well, who's this brand and why is that £350? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So you, so you have to focus your attention more so on like, the basics and the core pieces which can be used in people's wardrobes every single day no matter the occasion and then build up from there but yeah the ideas are i can't wait man yeah i'm really excited no i think that that's a really important point and i it's a lesson for anybody who is starting out right or in the early phases and i say the early phases is honestly like the first one to four years really you know what i mean and even beyond that potentially um because you, you, unless you're someone who has that cachet, that credibility, uh, last week I talked to Shane Long. He's working, he's been working at Haven for the last, um, almost 10 years. And Haven is a multi brand retailer and he's done apparel design for eight years and, and product, he's been a production manager. And then before I talked to, um, John Taylor, who's one of the, you know, best guest we've had on the show and he's been able to do a ton of things within fashion and he's able to maybe come out with something that has a little bit more elevated price point but as a individual who's starting out who doesn't really have that cachet about them who maybe is unknown and probably is unknown and you know except to their mama and their daddy and it doesn't have that kind of like um drawing power to them you have to come with uh, a in my opinion, you have to come with a quality good, but you have to have that price point that's also amenable so that people, when they their first reaction is, damn, it's $200 for, for this? Like, I don't even know I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and so that's a mistake that I definitely made. Um, and I think that anybody who is starting out or building and developing, Che has a great, great narrative that you have to, it's, it's about laying those bricks over and over and over and over again until you can get to where you need to be that's what i mean and that again with anyone that's the hardest part of it um again it's built it's knowing that you're making good quality products and everything but (laughs) it's no good you knowing that if like no one else does do you know what i mean because you you need without the customers of the lungs of your business do you know what i mean and without them then you can't go on to make the the trainers the the cooled bomber jackets the whatever do you know what i mean you can't get into all of like totally. the fancy without sort of nailing the initial piece and building that trust between you and your customer yeah totally totally i think i think about um I think the name of the movie is based off of the actual social media company, Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg. I, I remember, I can't remember. No, it's called the social network is the name of the movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the social network, one of the th- key kind of points of controversy for Facebook in its early stages was this idea of, of monetizing it too quickly. Right. And it's kind of in the same realm, like what we're talking about should facebook the idea was should facebook monetize their audience because they're growing a massive user base they had you know 200,000 right and someone in the, i can't remember the exact people's names all i know is mark zuckerberg unfortunately <laughs> but uh, uh you know the the contention was oh if we monetize them we ruin the party we 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 draw people away from 
uh, our services. And, and the same thing for kind of fashion is, well, obviously fashion's products are always going to be monetized because you're selling an item, right? Um, and so for a brand like Che Root or for Edward Joyner or for Boy Blondie or Ori NYC or for Rare or for whatever brand, you know, obviously we all create products um, that are continually developing our sense of, 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 of taste within our own brands, but also are becoming more elevated after each and every drop. We become a little bit more cerebral about it. And the problem is, is that, okay, well, if I sell a t-shirt for $40, it doesn't mean next drop, like within two months, I'm selling it for $80. <laughs> that, that would ruin the party. Like, like kind of in the Facebook example, it would bring too much um, ads and, and you'd be corporatized way too quickly. Yeah. The, the, the progression is so, so important. And, and being and understanding how to actually progress towards price points, progress towards products that are really worthwhile that is the biggest kind of game in fashion and that 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 gets me excited you know what i mean like that's the thing that i get excited about over time for sure because it's i think i think there's a lot of um there isn't a lot of trust in the market because like i said earlier it's such a trend to have a clothing brand and the the new in thing is to yeah to have a luxury brand and preach this quality and sustainability and da 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 da, da. and you're having like brands pop up every single day yep. that again everyone's doing similar product but like someone's charging a you know thirty pound forty five dollars for a a luxury blank tee that's been made amazingly and da da da. When in reality, it's not. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's not been made good. It's it, There hasn't been any actual real care to it. It's something that it's either been relabeled or just put together for next to nothing. And there's a big markup on it, which when you've then got like brands that are charging that bit more of a premium, again, mine, for example, when you're doing all the steps and you actually are ensuring that the product is genuinely made, on the same level as like what you get from Dior and Balenciaga and what you expect from these big fashion houses, it, they sort of get tarred with the same brush. Do you know what I mean? Totally, and, totally, totally. And I think stuff. people are even are misinformed about the real cost of goods, exactly. right? Like, that, exactly that. There's so much, there's not a lot, people don't actually know what, in order to make the quality of clothes that I make, represent mate coal bucks again because i use all the same manufacturers as these people like we all do share suppliers like coal bucks and online when they say that they they have good like their their stuff is made quality it isn't being made in some outback do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. same represent this stuff is genuinely being made really really good and it's not cheap to do it like that (laughs) it's cheaper for them now because they're making thousands upon thousands but still it it isn't it's not a cheap way of doing things. Um, but when, as I said, when you've got all of these other brands popping up that are cutting corners and are saying, oh, we're doing this and that, 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 people just don't really trust it. So it, as I said, it's very hard to sort of, even harder more so, to break through into that, again, get that foundation of trust from your customer. Totally. And get them to believe in your product totally totally and and you know it's been a i love this i love this kind of conversation man um it really hopefully brings some insights to people who are customers and also who are creatives because um like the the level of passion i could tell from from you coming from the conversation is is unbeknownst let's let's kind of transition a little bit to the the kind of second half the the um, kind of outro slash conclusion of the podcast. I have a few questions I want to ask you, Che. It's been unbelievable to have you on the podcast. I'm so thankful, bro, for real. Um, pleasure. Talk to me a little bit about um, moving forward. I guess we talked about moving forward. I'm looking through my question list, so let's see. We kind of answered a good portion of these. Um, yeah, this is a good one. Um, we'll kind of end on this one, okay, man? Yeah, bro, go for it. Um, you you were kind of speaking about the the marketplace and how it is very competitive, very tough, right? Um, and for a lot of people, you know, they're contemplating whether or not they should or shouldn't start brands and things of that nature. 
Um, but for, for a young kid who's in London or maybe someone who's in the UK specifically, cause I just, I don't know, there might be something here. Um, what, what is kind of your piece of advice when it comes to how they should, um, enter into the fashion space? Should they start their own brand? Um, or, or if they do start their own brand, you know, how would, how would you recommend doing it? And, and, and talk to me about that a little bit. I know this is a very subjective question, but, uh, I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've not even, I've not got a big following or anything, but I get this question a lot from people. Like what you said earlier, you get people reach out like, Hey bro, I want to do this, but I don't, I don't know what to call it or do this. The first thing is if you like, if you want to start a brand, but again, you can't think of what you want to make or you can't think of a name for it, then my advice would be not to, because you're just not ready at that without that sounding like, harsh is the truth do you know what i mean totally. um don't get me wrong i called my brand after my name but there's a little bit more meaning to that but like if you can't even like genuinely can't figure out for yourself your reason behind wanting to start a brand just don't do you know what i mean because it it's not like pretty do you know what I mean? it's it's very hard and you have to you have to give this thing so much attention constantly and get little to nothing in return for quite a long time mm. so unless you're willing to like really grit your teeth and just sit back not sit back but like you're willing to sit there and ride through it while things aren't great knowing that you've started this brand because you want to better the customer's life for this reason or you've got this to bring to the table unless you know that then i just wouldn't bother because there again there's so much competition yeah there's so much good stuff out there without a real reason or purpose or passion which for me is the main driving factor that you know gets you to focus on this thing every single day you're just going to waste your time because it's going to get to two three four five months down the line a year down the line you might not have like really moved the needle at all. And then you're like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. And then it was just a complete waste of your time. Um, so for someone who wants to start, I'd definitely say you need to be passionate about it. Um, do your research and figure out what you want to bring to the table. If you want to, again, similar to what I do, make a luxury product for like a more affordable price point, find out how to do it and what actually goes into it and go from there yeah but again if you haven't got passion or anything like that and it isn't what you really really in your heart of hearts are willing to commit everything to i just wouldn't there's a lot of other easier side hustles or whatever you want to call it that you could do that you'd probably see a lot more short-term results in um but this isn't one of them <laughs> yeah i love it, I love it. yeah yeah that's what i'd say man you just be passionate um otherwise because as i said it's the only thing that will carry you through for sure and it's like i said it's not something that you see quick quick results in unless you're drop shipping but i don't even think that really works anymore <laughs> the drop shipping um, era man <laughs> that was a crazy time um, but yeah for sure the, the pa just be passionate man and put the time in to fig to build your niche Totally, man. I I love that. We can end on that right there. Um, For sure. I agree with you in full spades when it comes to the idea that if you have any hesitation about something um, and you want to make it a lifelong kind of career, uh, maybe you need to do a little bit more soul searching and, and be self-aware about what you really want with your time. Exactly. That's what I mean. That, that's what I'm saying because I'm all for like, do what you want to do. Like if there's some, if you've got a dream or whatever, then go and chase it but at least you've got to have a bit of an idea first or because you're just not ready at that time so if you can't think of what to call it or what you want to make you're not ready now but you might be in a year so go away and think and brainstorm and do what you need to do totally and then come back um for sure man totally man thank you so much for for gracing this episode gracing this podcast oh, brother uh, no, nah, thank you for having me. It's been um, it's been great to finally chat to you properly, bro. It has, it has um, been great. It has been great. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I um, I appreciate you sharing your platform with me, 
and um again supporting me and the brand it's um it's much appreciated man of course where can people find out more about you social media things like that yeah sure so you can um find me at shay rude c-h-e-r-o-o-d that's my um personal one where i sort of post some behind the scenes and what goes on more so behind the brand um and then also the clothing account which is cheru clo like drew said earlier and um cheru.com for the website that's where you'll find most of me thank you man it was a pleasure like i said thank you bro much appreciated boom and just like that episode seven is a wrap hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to shay and i conversate over fashion streetwear menswear whatever you like to call it it was a great time talking with him let's get into the post podcast analysis so i think there's one key element above all that was said in the podcast that really resonated with me and that i want to drive home with whoever's listening to this and i think that this concept is something that i've been talking about for quite a few months if not longer than a few months and it's this idea of true self-awareness understanding who you are as an individual what you want to do and then going after what you want to do right and i think it's so important in today's age because there's so many examples of lives that we quote unquote want or could want to live whether it be on social media or whether it be our peers whether it be our friends whether it be our families we all kind of keeping tabs on everyone here and there all of us do that we all you know want to know what other people are doing and how they're living their life but where self-awareness comes in is you know recognizing whether or not you enjoy working at the job you enjoy working at whether you actually want to start a brand whether you actually want to start a podcast whether you actually want to start painting or doing photography or Whatever it may be, if you want to do it for fun, if you want to make money on the side, self-awareness is really knowing your inner self and being able to distinguish between things that you truly want and lives or the life of others that's being presented to you that makes you long after something that really isn't a part of who you are internally. Hopefully that makes sense. And I think what Shay said about, you know, understanding whether or not you want to start a brand or don't don't want to start a brand is exactly what self-awareness is about. It's about understanding yourself. It's about going after the things that are important to you. And hopefully, you know, we only have one life to live. So hopefully a lot of us are, you know, at least doing a little bit of what we want to do every single day, because I think that it's so important for us to recognize that, you know, life is is it goes by fast i remember just the other day i felt like i was in i was in high school and i was even younger in middle school and elementary school and i bet a lot of people have that experience so whatever you do with your life with your time whether it be listening to this podcast i just want this to be a positive kind of podcast for your life the fashion element is just a means to an end which is just living a happier more fulfilled life and i want to say thank you to shay for coming on talking about his brand and and sharing his experiences because i think that's really interesting and it's brings a little bit of perspective and entertains hopefully like i said you enjoyed today's episode give us a five-star review if you did i'll see you next week have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are in the world peace thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this week's episode if you enjoyed the episode leave a five-star review if you're listening on apple Podcasts, or if you're not listening on apple Podcasts. Leave us a comment on our most recent Instagram posts telling us what you got out of this episode. All right, wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time.